We're glad you're here. I want us to keep thinking about what we really want to be as a congregation. What ought to distinguish us more than anything else? When people come among us, what is it they they discover this group of people to be about? These seven words, let's keep them in mind. They have a great message. They have a great meaning. They'll have a great impact. Love God, love one another, and make disciples. Let's do it again. Love God, love one another, make disciples. Now, that's what a church is about. And and we're looking at that throughout uh, the present uh, season. All of us are very concerned about what's going on in regard to uh, the virus. And uh, you don't need me to be telling you what to do, obviously. You uh, know to use good common sense. And we are today having to come to grips with the fact that though this is pretty much a hugging congregation, we're having to just elbow each other at best, let each other know that we are thinking of one another, and let's keep praying that this virus doesn't spread any further, and let's certainly be praying that it not uh, affect in uh, a negative way any of our people in the congregation here. Will you bow with me in prayer? Our holy God, we are grateful to you today that we can come together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can bow before you and give thanks to you as the almighty God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Father, for what you have called us to be. You have called us to be your people, and that's what we want to be above all else. We want to be the kind of people who truly love the Lord, who love one another, who are about the business of being good disciples and making disciples. We pray now, Father, that you will bless and lead us in the way that you would have us to go. We pray especially for this virus that is impacting so many different peoples and so many different countries. And we pray for the safety of our own people, the congregation here. And we pray for the safety of the people of our state, for the entire country. Lord, we pray that you will bless those who are in leadership on seeking to bring about uh, the minimizing of uh, any efforts uh, minimizing of the spread of the disease, of the, of the virus. We pray, Father, that they may have the wisdom and that they may be able to lead the country in a way that will have a minimal effect so far as this virus is concerned. Bless each of our families, and we pray, Father, that you'll keep each person and each family safe. Forgive us of our sins, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to imagine a scene this morning that's not unrealistic at all. Here are three individuals who are deciding that they're going to go together and form a business, a company together. And so, in order to do this, each one is going to have to put in a a certain amount of money, a certain amount of investment, so each one agrees to do that. Everything is just working great. They are agreeing to how they're going to go about this, and they get it started well. But then after time goes by, there gets to be friction among them. And that friction becomes more and more pronounced. 
And eventually then, as we may say in Arkansas, the business goes south. It's over. And the reason that it is over is because they just could not get along with one another. You know, in life, we have to learn to get along with each other. How important it is in business, to which I've referred, how important it is in the family, how important it is in the church. Yes, how important it is in the church. The church is made up of humans. Now, Jesus Christ is head, but we are human beings. And we've got to recognize each one is human. Uh, presumably, each one of us is committed to following Jesus Christ in all areas of our life. Presumably, we are committed to following each other in all areas of life, including our relationship with one another, with one another in our families, with one another in the congregation. I think you probably have heard this before. But I think it's a good way for us to think of, to get the point over today. Uh, you know, to dwell above with the ones we love. Oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with the ones we know. Now, that's a different story. And how, how true it is. That's a different story. But we have to learn to live together and love one another in the way of the Lord. Now, last week, we noticed something I'd like for you to keep in mind. Sixteen times in the New Testament, sixteen times, not once, sixteen times, the emphasis is made in the New Testament, love one another. Now, if something is said one time, that's adequate, isn't it? If it's said twice, it must be important. If it is said 16 times, then it seems to me that's really important for the church to recognize. It's really important for the Carrollton church to recognize. Love one another. 43 times in the New Testament, we have this reciprocal pronoun that is translated as love one another occurring in a context of relationship between brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I'm suggesting today that when we look at the emphasis upon loving one another, that we do well to go to those passages that say, now here's what that looks like. It's not just merely an eerie-fairy type of subject, not just an emotional subject, How does it look like when you see it with skin on it? And that's what these 43 one another passages uh, stress. Now, we're not going to look at 43 of them here today, nor uh, in the time that's ahead of us. But there are some of them that are absolutely basic to what we are about as a congregation. And they are basic in that they stress that a congregation must be able to get along with one another. Now you say, well, that's elementary, that we, everybody understands that. How many times has there been friction and even, unfortunately, division within a congregation? And always it, the thing that gets the blame is some kind of doctrinal disturbance. 
But 99% of the time, it's not a doctrinal issue. It's a matter that brothers and sisters are not getting along with each other as they should. So, the scripture stresses that we need to get along with one another. And as the scripture stresses that we need to get along with one another, there are some attitudes that are essential. And today, I'm going to be talking about three relational attitudes. How we relate to one another. Absolutely important to be the church that the Lord would have us to be. What does it mean to be in relationship with one another? What, uh, what is the way that that relationship, how is that relationship expressed lovingly? Look at these three. Number one, in Romans 12, Paul urges, as it is in the English Standard Version, outdo one another. Now notice that, I'm going to come back to it. Outdo one another in showing honor. Honor. Now think about that word, honor. To honor another is to show appreciation. To honor another person is to estimate that person as one of value, is to recognize, to accord recognition to that person. You know, we have in Scripture that the husbands are to live with their wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Husbands, show honor to your wives. Children, honor your father and mother uh, in the Lord. Citizens, honor the emperor, that is, the, the civic, the civil government. Honor. Honor means then that we regard another as valuable. Okay, now let's get, let's get the personal on this. It means that each of us looks to the other person around us and sees each individual as a person of value. A person of value. Now, Paul did not just say, honor one another. He said, outdo one another in honoring one another. Outdo. The word that he uses there is an interesting one because it means that you go ahead. You lead the way. You go before. You don't just wait. You lead the way. In showing honor to another. Now there are a number of attitudes that can be hurtful to what Paul has urged here. The smirky attitude. Smirkiness is contrary to the showing of honor. Clickishness is contrary to the showing of honor. A congregation with cliques is moving in the direction of Corinth. And clickishness is not showing honor to each other. It's showing honor to the person I prefer, but it doesn't show honor to the entire group. Arrogance does not permit us to show honor. Diotrephes wanted to have first place. He wanted preeminence. Everybody look up to me. Egotism is a hindrance to the showing of honor. People in the New Testament time are described by Jesus as those who do their deeds to be seen of others because they want to receive the honor of individuals. 
Well, Paul urges us to outdo each other in the showing of honor. How? Honor is shown in care. Remember this passage in 1 Corinthians 12. It's one that would be good for us to carry with us a long time. I hope we hear it over and over. And that it really makes a dent in our thinking, in our attitudes. That the members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. Care. Honor one another by caring for one another. He says to outdo each other in the showing of honor, which means unselfishness. Now, I chose that text that David read this morning for a purpose. It goes back to the days of Abraham. Abraham was a wealthy man. He had a nephew, Lot, who was also a wealthy man. They had many flocks and herds. Now, out there in the area where they were, uh, they were running over each other. There wasn't enough room for both families and their herds. So what are we going to do? Now, Abraham could have pulled rank. He could have said, now, Lot, you remember, I took your dad's place when your dad died. I've been like a father to you. And I brought you along with me and have helped you to create much of the wealth that you have. He could have done that. Because he, that's really what he had done. But instead, he said, Lot, you look out here and you choose the area where you're going to have your herds. We're not going to have any strife among ourselves. We are brothers. We are kinsmen. We're not going to have that. So you choose where you'll go. So if you want the left hand, I'll take the right hand. If you want the right hand, I'll take the left hand. Honoring one another. Unselfishness. Thinking of the other. Honoring one another is demonstrated in what Jesus did in John 13. What did Jesus do? Jesus came before his disciples and there he washed their feet. Washed their feet. Now, a slave, a servant's job is to wash the feet of another. But Jesus stooped down and washed the feet of his disciples. Now, he said, what you have seen out of me, what you've seen me do, I've given you an example an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Because the servant's not greater than his master. And some people have, I think, mistakenly interpreted that to mean that the actual practice of foot washing has to go on on some kind of regular basis. Now, I have no problem with the washing of feet. If we want to wash each other's feet here, that's fine. But the principle is what is important there. The practice presents a principle to us. And what is the principle? It may be cutting the lawn of a sick person. It may be washing the dishes of a family that's having a health problem. It may be carrying a person to the doctor who needs to go to the hospital or needs to go see a physician. 
That's washing one another's feet. That's stooping to the lowly service that needs to be done. Now, this is honoring one another. Not long before we return from Australia, I had the opportunity of hearing Malcolm Muggeridge. And he uh, was a great speaker in his time, had uh, some great principles that he was stressing. But the thing I remember especially that night in listening to him was as he was urging us to have the right kind of attitude, he was urging us this way. He said, I would like for each of us to see in the other the face of Christ. So let me look, Ronnie. I see the face of Christ. Chandler, the face of Christ. Jerry, the face of Christ. If I see the face of Christ, what am I seeing? I'm seeing you as a person of value. A person that the Lord values. And that's what this passage is calling for. Honor one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. So as we pay value to one another, we seek to walk along together with one another. And as we seek to walk along together with one another, there is another thought that I'd like to share with you. Twice Paul will stress this in the Colossian letter and in the Ephesian letter. They're very similar in many ways on a number of things. But here, this is especially so. In Ephesians 4, verse 2, when calling for the unity of the Spirit, he says, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with. Then, when he wrote to the Colossians, he stressed the same thing. Bearing with one another. What does that word bearing with mean? That word bearing with is one that carries the thought of enduring some circumstances that may be difficult. It also means to bear with, as is translated, but it also means, listen to this one, and this is in the lexicon, to put up with one another. Yep, to put up with one another. Does anybody ever get on your nerves? Anyone ever have some queer ways about himself or herself? And it's queer from my, as I see it. Well, I need to just write that person off. No, Paul says, bearing with one another. Now, uh, I think it's interesting to see, just briefly to look at that letter, at the way it's done in Ephesians, that bearing with one another is a quality a quality you can't buy down at Walmart or at Kroger's. It's a quality that is nurtured in the seed belt, a seed bed rather, of Christian virtues. Think of the seed bed, Christian virtues, and this quality is nurtured there. Because in that setting, Paul will say that there be compassion, compassionate hearts deeply feeling the experiences of another, the pain of another. Compassion. Now, when Paul said compassion, you know what that means, don't you? Because Jesus told the parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
You know what the good Samaritan did? You know the story. You know the parable. And here is what is said at the end. That the one who showed himself to be neighbor is the one who showed compassion on the other. I don't need to say any more about what that means. You see, that's the quality out of which bearing with one another comes. But he also stresses kindness. Kindness that is shown in small deeds. Love is kind. We have some people who are shut in. Jack Adams, David Machen, and others. You know, one of the things that we could do, each one of us, we have a directory, we've got a telephone number, email number, address. Each one of us could send a card. Maybe make a telephone call. You know what he's talking about? Kindness. What does that do? That builds the relationship that Paul is talking about here. He stresses further humility. Humility subjects oneself, one's person, with a view to the concern of others. That's why when Paul wrote to the Philippians, he urged, in humility, count others more than more significant than yourself. Wow, did you hear that? That's the nature of humility. In meekness, courtesy. Courtesy. The most courteous people in Carrollton should be the Carrollton Church. The most courteous people in this area should be the group that's right here this morning. Opposed to harshness, to rudeness, showing others proper respect, meekness. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Patience. Of course, you all heard the individual who was praying, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Well, patience involves long-suffering, perseverance. It demonstrates a self-control in difficult circumstances. So it's in that seedbed that you find Paul urging, bearing with one another. This can include suffering, perhaps in certain circumstances. It can mean bearing with what could be mildly irritating. Some people may get on your nerves, but that doesn't mean that that person's not an object of love to the Lord. Doesn't mean that that person is unfaithful to the Lord. Maybe you've got certain things that you like done your way, but we, you and I have got to be bearing, forbearing with one another. So Paul says, when we're riled, speaking of himself, we bless. That's bearing with one another under the circumstances. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. Don't respond kind for kind. Now, let's just think about this a little further. All of us, every one of us, has inconsistencies in our lives. Right? Everyone. Every one of us has what others would see as idiosyncrasies or oddities, you know. Uh, Then uh, we might not recognize these. Somebody calls our attention, no, that's not me. Even though we deny that they're there, other people see that they're there. 
But we see them in others. I see your inconsistencies. I see your idiosyncrasies. I see your oddities. Oh, they're so plain. Why can't you see them? Well, remember, that's not the way it works every time. Paul says, bearing with one another in love. Honoring one another. Bearing with one another. And when we do that, we are always seeking for peace in our relationships together. And so, uh, I share with you one other thought that comes from Paul. And this in Colossians 3.13. If anyone has a complaint against any, forgiving each other. Forgiving one another. Look at the context. As God in Christ forgave you, we are forgiven. And now as we have been forgiven, we are to be involved in forgiving one another. We choose to forgive. I must share this thought with you from that passage in Colossians 3. You're familiar with the word grace, right? Grace, extending favor, unmerited favor of God. Did you know that the word that Paul uses here is begracing one another? Forgiving one another is translated. Begracing one another. Showing grace to one another as grace has been shown to you. You and I are recipients of the grace of God. And in turn, we... Show that grace in our forgiving attitude toward another. One or two words about forgiveness. Forgiveness seeks for reconciliation. Paul urged, pursue the things that make for peace. Things that make for peace. And he used the word there that like, like hunting that you hunters may use when you're going out looking for a deer. To chase down. Chase down reconciliation and peace. And so, forgiveness is actually completed when I have been offended by you, and you offer to me your apology and ask for forgiveness, and I, in turn, then, respond to that positively, instead of saying, no, no, I'll never forget what this has been done. Forgiveness seeks for reconciliation. And this thought then, and then I'm going to have to bring it to a close. Paul urges, if possible, if possible, Paul's a realistic person. Is it possible as far as it depends on you? Live peaceably with all. You take the initiative, Paul urges. So, we appreciate forgiveness. And how much do we appreciate it? You know, the best way that I know how to express our appreciation is to look to the cross and see what Jesus did on our behalf. We have been forgiven because of the price that he paid. So we are urged today to be a unified people, Recognizing how good and how pleasant it is to, for our brothers and the family to dwell together in unity. As we honor one another, as we for, 
uh, as we bear with one another and as we forgive one another. There is a great uh, thought that was shared by Francis of Assisi in the 13th century. Uh, we sang a part of it a while ago. I have some of it uh, here today, but I'm not going to go through that. Uh, you can see it up there in a moment, uh, where he is asking, basically, in that prayer, that we be the ones who take the initiative in every area. So today, let's be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Honoring one another. Bearing with one another. Forgiving one another. Christ himself is our peace. And so it is our commitment to him that leads us to bring these to fruition. In a moment, think about this and whatever you might need to do at the time if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation today to renew your allegiance, your pledge to the Lord. You need to come today that you might express your faith in Jesus and his death on the cross that brought about this forgiveness and be baptized into that death and into Christ. That invitation is yours. While together we stand and sing.